0: Hey, this is Derek Wooten, I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, be seated all over the room today. We're getting into this series called Greater. Somebody say Greater. If you love your neighbor, look to them and say, you're great. Come on, tell them. Say, you're great. And then look to the other neighbor and say, I meant it. That way they know you're telling the truth. But I'm I'm excited about this series because several weeks ago I was asking the Lord about our time of fasting and prayer. And it was in that time the Lord spoke to me and said, Derek, make sure you pray for greater. And, And I was like, ooh, okay, God, greater. I hear you. And then I thought about how good greater's ice cream was. So fast forward, after I had my ice cream, I was back in my office (laughs) and like, okay, Lord, you said greater, greater what? You guys laugh because you know it's true and if you're laughing at me, we're gonna talk after service. But after I got back in my office and settled down and I wasn't grumpy because I had my greater's ice cream, I said, okay, Lord, you said greater, greater what? Greater what, Lord? You want me to pray for greater, pray for greater what? And so the Lord immediately took me to John chapter three, verse 30. I want you to see that right now. If you got your Bibles, you got your, your app on your phone, turn or tap there with me, it's gonna be on the screen too. This is what John the Baptist said. He was talking about his cousin Jesus because Jesus was stepping onto the scene and John was taking a little more of a, uh, a backseat role. How many of you guys know that we're always better when we're in the backseat and Jesus is driving? But, but here's what John said in 330. He said, talking about Jesus, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and, less. and I begin to understand what the Lord was speaking to me when he said this is a year to pray for greater. That, that we as the people of God, that we as AP Church, we need to fast and pray in this year and this season that Je- Jesus would continue to become greater and greater and we would become less and less. That Jesus would become greater. Somebody say Greater. And we would become less. What does that mean? It means this. It means in this season that our lives must be more about Jesus and less about ourselves. Hear me today. In this season that I believe is supernatural, we're going to talk about it more in a minute. In this season, I believe God is trying to get our attention to say, listen, it needs to be more about me and less about you. Jesus must be greater. Jesus must become more prominent in us and through us. He must become more prominent in us and through us. Pastor Derek, why is that important? Let me tell you why. Because the kingdom can only advance when King Jesus is leading and we are following. That's the only way it can advance in the earth. Listen, your divine purpose, how many of you guys wanna continue to step in your purpose this year? I believe we're going to see supernatural ways we're stepping into our purpose. But listen, your divine purpose can only come to fruition when you are in right position in the kingdom. So what does that mean? The right position is a place where it's Jesus first and center, and then it's everything else. That's the only way the purpose of God is going to manifest itself in and through your life. In fact, it kind of looks like, go to that next slide, it kind of looks like this. Jesus is greater than everything else. Now see that see that sign, that little mathematical sign that shows their inequalities of value. Jesus is greater than everything else. I believe in this season God is trying to get his saints to remind themselves of something. Yes, we have life on this earth. It is a gift from God that you're breathing right now. But even more recognizing, If we are serious about God doing supernatural things and opening up the right doors and allowing us to walk in the fullness of the purpose and destiny he has for our lives, it's going to require that we say, Jesus, more about you and less about me. Jesus, more of our focus on you and less about myself. You see, I find that not only did did John say that in John 3.30, but when I was talking to the Lord, Jesus also, he also took me to John 14, where Jesus told his disciples this. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works. Somebody say greater. There it is, that word again. And even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father, so Jesus said this. He said, "If you believe, you will do what I have done and do greater." He says, "You will do what I have done and do greater." And what, what is the Lord trying to teach us when He says that it's this? is that while we must become less, we should not be doing less." Does that make sense to everybody? While we must become less, we cannot. Do less. Why? Because Jesus tells us right there that as the sons and daughters of God in the earth, he has given us the power to do supernatural things while we live here. Let me get plain for a minute. How is it that the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, yet it does nothing in us? I know why. Because we don't live in a position where it's all about Jesus and less about ourselves. Everywhere Jesus, when he said, I'm about the Father's business, about bringing the culture of the kingdom to the earth. In this season, God is saying so clearly. He said, I want to do greater things in you and through you. But remember something, church, as it pertains to doing supernatural things. Supernatural things only happen through us when there is submission in us. Supernatural things only happen through us when there is submission to King Jesus in us. So let me ask this question. Does anyone wanna see God do greater in you and through you this year? Let me give you a really quick formula. If you want, you want God to do greater in you this year, then you need to bow your will. You need to bow your will and believe in your heart and God will do it in you and through you. Bow your will and believe in your heart. And Jesus said, you will do these works and even greater. If you believe that, somebody say amen. So I find it that, that God is speaking greater to the people of God. And as I was continuing that day and as I was in a better mood after I had that ice cream, thank you, Jesus, I might get some today because we're fasting tomorrow, but I was in a good mood. And, and then the Lord started speaking clearly even more how during this time of prayer and fasting that we need to petition God in three specific ways about walking in the greater that he has for us. But I gotta get back to that in a minute. And so I need you to put a pin in that and hold it in neighbor and say, put a pin in it. Put a pen and hold it, because i got to go this direction for a second. We'll come back to that and finish this morning. But the reality is, as I even stand here today, there are folks that are saying, Pastor, do you see the nation in which we live? Everything that's happening, do you really think that God wants to do greater in us and through us, that God has greater for us with all the chaos and confusion in our nation? I know some people think, thinking, Pastor, don't you think we just need to find a rope and hang on somewhere? There are some people dealing with that kind of perspective and thoughts. Listen to me. I agree that it has been a wild last 13 months in the United States of America. I will give you that over and over again. It's been a wild 13 months, but listen to me very Clearly, as we step into this year and in this season, we must continue. Somebody say continue. We must continue to pray and intercede for our nation. We must pray and intercede for our nation. Listen, we need to pray for peace. We need to pray for healing. We need to pray for clarity and wisdom and unity that will only come from heaven. If you believe that, somebody say amen. We need to pray those things over our nation. Please stop thinking it's everyone else's responsibility except yours. It's our job together as the people of God to pray and intercede. But listen, we must go further than that. We must still also contend, church. We must fight in the spirit. Why? Because we must come against the spirits of darkness that are trying to rule in this nation. I told you on Wednesday night for First Wednesday as we gathered that so many people are now being deceived and they think their evil has a human face. And it doesn't. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting spiritual wickedness in high places. And so the only way, We, we can't fight with our hands. We've got to fight with the word of God in our mouth. But when we see this, we have to understand if we're going to contend, we're going to to fight in the spirit. Listen, we've got to come against that spirit of antichrist that's trying to operate in the earth. We've got to come against that religious and political spirit that is not only dividing nation after nation, it's trying to divide the church as well. And so we have to stand up in the name of Jesus, apply the blood of Jesus, and we need to remember that greater is the God than it is us, than the spirits that are in this world. If you believe that, somebody say amen. This is not a season where we're not going to fight. We're going to fight. Every day we're going to fight. Every day we're going to fight a fight, but listen to me, it's a fixed fight, because Jesus has already won. So we've got to fight with faith and hope that regardless of what we see, God will continue to work it out in favor of his church. Somebody say amen. But we see this, we we recognize what's happening, and, and I want to remind you of what the Holy Spirit spoke to me last June. I believe last June he started speaking to me about the season that we're stepping into. I made a statement. I said, God's people are stepping into a Cairo season while the world lives in a chaos season. I firmly believe, I know there is chaos everywhere. I know there is confusion everywhere. But hear me, church, I believe God is opening up the door for his people to walk in a God-ordained season, a God-ordained moment right now where we will be the hands and feet and the light everywhere that we go. Let the world have chaos. We'll take the kairos. We'll take that, that, that just supernatural time that God, I believe, is giving his saints in the earth. So let me go ahead and tell you, if you will stand up with faith, if you, will, if you will walk ahead with power and believe, listen, I promise you something. The world is going to keep walking in a chaos season, but we will walk in a Cairo season if you believe God wants to do it in and through you. I believe that we will see that together. But let me tell you why a lot of believers are struggling with that revelation. They're struggling, and here's why. Because so many people, believer and unbeliever, have convinced themselves that this election determines our direction. And we'll get deep for a minute. A lot of people have convinced themselves that the outcome of this election will determine the church's direction. A lot of people, you say, oh, well not me, well good. But there's a lot of people that are convinced, listen to me, that statement is partly true in this, is that governmental elections can determine the direction a nation goes in. Governmental elections can determine the direction that a nation goes in, but you need to hear me today. A governmental election does not determine the direction of the church. <laughs> Man, I got fired up when the Lord started talking to me this week about this. A governmental election does not determine the direction of the church. Can I tell you why? Because a president does not give the church its mandate. It does not give the church its mission. In fact, here's what I find, that we do not get our orders from a president. Rather, we get our orders from a king who happens to be the king of kings. And listen, his throne is not up for re-election. He rules and he reigns. The outcome of this election does not determine the direction of the church. If you believe it, somebody say amen. The policies of a presidential administration do not supersede the principles of the kingdom of God. We've got to walk in truth because if we're not walking in truth, we can be deceived. Listen, I know that we live in America. I I love our country. It's broken, it's not perfect, but I'm thankful I still live here. I know we live in America, but hear me when I say this. Our true citizenship is with a kingdom that's not of this world. Our true citizenship is with a kingdom that's not of this world. And listen, the kingdom of God does not operate in chaos and confusion, but with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom that we are a part of, church. But let me go further for a minute. Because I understand something. I understand a Trump administration will go one way, and I understand a Biden administration will go another way, but ultimately the saints are following the way, and his name is Jesus. We've gotta remember and walk in those things. Somebody asked me, somebody dare asked me, they said, Pastor, aren't you worried? I said, no. Look at your neighbor and say no. Here's why because the direction of our nation doesn't change what is happening in the body of Christ. It doesn't change it. It doesn't change it. Why? Because the church is rising in Jesus' name. The glory of God is being released in the earth. Revival is coming. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, prophesied in the book of Joel, is upon us. And we need to understand we don't need to make room to be aggravated, we need to be filled with anticipation. And filled with anticipation of what? That if you say you find yourself in frustration or fear, let your faith rise up in Jesus' name. And believe with me the prophetic words of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 60, where he said, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord Will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. If you're thankful for the glory of God, somebody give him praise that he's working it out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me share with you what our collective perspective needs to be in this season, church. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses 26 and 27. The Apostle Paul is talking to a bunch of believers in Corinth. Here's what he said. He said, I don't know about you. He said, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it and then missing it myself. Man, if there was ever a word for the church right now, I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. I'm not gonna be caught living sloppy. I'm gonna stay alert. I'm gonna be in top condition. I'm not gonna get caught sleeping and I'm not going to miss what I've been telling everybody else about. See this for a minute. See the power of this text. Paul said, I'm running hard for the finish line. What does that mean? He's not distracted. He's determined. He's not being distracted by the things around him. He's determined for what's in front of him. He says, I'm giving it everything I've got. Can I just remind you, if you want to see God's best in this season, you need to give your best. If you want to see God's best, you've got to be willing to give your best every day that you live. What does that mean? That means we put our hands on that spiritual plow and we keep moving forward. We keep sowing. We keep serving. And we keep shining everywhere that we go. But what did Paul say further? He said, no sloppy living for me. Can I remind you, slop is for pigs, not people. There's a lot of folks who shout Jesus, they're living sloppy right now. I want you you want me to stay up here? Okay. Say, Pastor, when do we get sloppy? We get sloppy when we get careless with our opinions. We can get sloppy if our standard of holiness doesn't meet the standard that God's already set for us. Meaning how we talk, how we live, what we do, how we act. Listen, those things matter to the Lord. And listen to me, please remember something. If it matters to God, it should always matter to us. It should matter to us. And when we're not careful, church, we can be sloppy. But let me tell you something, if you are truly being led by the Holy Spirit, you will not be sloppy, you will be sharp. You will be sharp because you will be led by the Holy Spirit and you can be spiritual and supernatural. But hear me, you cannot be spiritual and sloppy at the same time. Everybody with me? So listen to me. The next time somebody invites you into that slop on social media, say, no, that's for pigs, not people. I'm good. The next time somebody, the enemy tries to bait you into some type of sloppy living, say, no, thank you. I don't have time to be sloppy because God wants to do something supernatural in and through my life. He said, no sloppy living for me. He said, I'm staying alert and in top condition What does that mean? It means that our minds and our hearts should be healthy and content in the Father. We should be healthy. That means, listen, top condition means that you're growing in your spiritual and emotional maturity. Let me go ahead and lay it down for a minute. Some people can never go further in the spirit because they refuse to get emotionally mature in their lives. If you don't think for a second that your emotional maturity correlates with your spiritual maturity, you have been taught wrong somewhere. Because, see, that, that's why you have the Holy Spirit, because he teaches you to not let, be led by your feelings, but be led by your faith. So if you're staying alert and in top condition, that means you're growing in your spiritual and your emotional maturity. But then he goes further. He said, I'm not going to get caught napping. Listen, this is not the season for us to go to sleep spiritually. This is not the season for us to go ahead and get apathetic to the things of God. Listen, there is a spirit of apathy that is once again trying to rule and reign over this nation. Please stand up in the name of Jesus and bind it and say, I will not be apathetic. I'm too anointed and appointed by God to be asleep in this season. He says, understand, I will not, I will not be caught sleeping. Why? Why? Because I do not want to tell everybody else about something and then miss out myself. Let me get deep for a minute. So many believers have gotten so focused on presidential candidates that they have forgotten about the preeminence of Christ. We must not get sleepy in this season. We must not get slothful in this season. We must not get sloppy in this season. But we need to run hard for the finish line that is before us. We must continue to move forward with power and purpose and the passion that Jesus has given us so we cannot, we won't move, we won't miss the move of God, we won't miss the mission of God, and we will walk in the greater that God has for us in this season. If you believe it? somebody, say amen. So, back to greater for a minute. Because I understand that some people, when I say that God wants to do greater, all they can see are the things that are around us. But hear me this morning. I am convinced that God has greater for each of us. Each of us, not just me. He has greater for you. Lydia your neighbor and say, he has greater for you. God has greater for you. He has greater for you. And listen, he wants us to step into the greater that he has prepared for us. But I learned something a long time ago about the Lord. The Lord will open up doors in our lives, but he will not make us walk through them. The Bible even says he will direct our steps, but he does not take them for us. God's opening up a door right now. Just like Joshua said before the people of God, he said, today you must choose, life or death, blessing or cursing. I feel like we're in a place right now as the people of God, not just here, but at large, that we can either step into greater or we can stay in mediocrity. I don't know about you, I didn't say yes to Jesus to stay in mediocrity. I said yes to Jesus to walk in the fullness of what he offers, which is greatness for the life of every son and daughter in the earth. But that means that we cannot be slothful, we cannot be sloppy. We cannot be sleepy. Listen, we must instead say, if we want the greater that God has, we need to say, Lord, make us full of three things. Are you ready? Make us full of focus, make us full of faith, and make us full of fire. Make us full of focus. I must say focus. Make us full of faith and fire. We've got to have those three things. Listen we need Jesus to become greater in us and through us. If we're gonna be greater and do greater, Jesus has to be greater in us and through us. That's the only way it happens. And so I believe something as we find ourselves about to step into this sacred season of fasting and prayer. The Lord said that day, he said, "He said together we are going to petition him during these next three weeks for greater focus, for greater faith and for greater fire. We are going to petition the Lord for greater focus, greater faith, and greater fire. Now listen, we're gonna look more at what I'm about to say next week, but I believe this year, I said a second ago, that we need to prioritize some things as the people of God. I believe that we need to prioritize gathering together this year. I believe we need to prioritize growing in the Lord this year. And I I believe we need to prioritize going for the Lord this year. All three of those, we need to probably, I'm gonna talk more about it next week, but listen to me, those things are correlated with what we're praying and fasting about. Because the reality is this, is we need to continue, church, to gather together in this season. Listen, whether your decision is you're gonna do it, virtually you're gonna do it in person. Do not forsake the assembly of the saints. I respect your decision, whatever it might be, but you need to prioritize. Anytime you can gather with brothers and sisters, whether on the screen or on the seat, you need to be present. We got to gather together. But then we've also got to grow. Listen, if you want to do anything for the Lord beyond what you've done, you're going to have to grow in the Lord. You gotta grow. Wouldn't it be awful if our kids at at, at three or four and five years old just stopped growing? No, they don't, thank God. And my kids are never stopped growing. They're huge already. <laughs> my son started playing basketball last week and everybody was like, hey, that's your son, right? I was like, yes. I was like, what gave you away? The fact that he's two feet taller than everybody else? Okay, fine. You know what's hilarious though? Our coach for real is literally this tall. It's awesome. It is adorable on every level. Okay, Some of you guys like that that's mean. I can't help that he's short and I'm tall. I didn't choose it. But listen to me. We need to be growing in our revelation, growing in our holiness, our understanding, our identity, our purpose. Listen, growing in the gifts and talents that God has given you for right now. we got to grow. But then finally, church, we've got to commit ourselves to saying we don't just prioritize gathering. We prioritize going into this world. I'm going to be transparent with you for a minute. Part of the reason we see some of our nation and the world in shambles is because the saints left the places that God called us to go into. You say, oh, well, I wish the government would change. Oh, I wish there'd be some spirit-filled believers again and say, Lord, send me into government so I can make disciples and make a difference. I wish our education system would change and then somebody run for school council. Somebody get on the school board that's full of the Holy Ghost and fire and watch the difference that you can make. We're going, to, we're going to go back to our series, into the World, next month. It's, it's going to be powerful. I'm excited about it. But understand that God has called us this year, specifically in this sacred season, to pray and fast and petition. Say, Lord, give us greater focus, greater faith, and greater fire. Greater focus. Everybody say greater focus. Has there ever been a time where there's more distractions in our world than right now? man. There are so many distractions that we are consistently dealing with every single day. There are more distractions than ever. But listen to me. In a world full of distractions, the church must choose to stay focused. Let me share a couple of scripture with you. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 25 says, Set your gaze on the path before you with a fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions We've got to be committed to focusing. Then I go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race that we're currently in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. We've got to stay focused. Look to your neighbor and say, get focused. And if you need help, just do like this. Point their eyes, then point at their eyes. Just something That's what my coaches did to me when I was in seventh grade on the basketball team and i just, I'm fidgeting, I can't help. Wooten, I was like, got it coach, all right. For the record, that's the same technique my wife uses when I don't pay attention to her. Derek. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Greater focus. God says we've gotta have greater focus in this season. Listen, greater focus on what matters. Greater focus on what matters. Let me tell you three things that need to matter to us in this season. This is what we're going to be praying and fasting about all week long. You ready? Greater focus on the presence of God, on people, and on purpose. Greater focus on the presence of God, on people, and on our purpose. Somebody say amen if you believe that. The presence of God. Listen. Listen. During this season, we've got to stay focused on staying close to the Father. Staying close to the Father. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 33? He said, seek first the kingdom of God above all else. That needs to be our focus, the king and his kingdom. Can I go ahead and remind you and teach you something? Intimacy with God will always bring increase of the right things you need in your life. Let me say it again. Intimacy with the Father will always bring increase of the right things you need in your life. But you've got to be willing to be focused on the presence of God, be focused on being with the Lord, on being in communion with the Lord, not just on Sundays, not just on first Wednesdays, but every day take time and focus on the presence of God. And here's what you're gonna find when you do. He's already there waiting for you. He's already there waiting for you. But let me go further. As we focus on the presence of God, we need to ask the Lord to let us focus on people this year. Focus on people, no, this is twofold. Stay with me for a minute. Focus on the people we know and love, our family, but also focus on the people who are lost that don't know Jesus. Focus on the people we love. So that means husbands, take time with your spouse this year. Wives, take time for your husband this year. Focus on one of the greatest gifts God gave you in a spouse. Hey, moms and dads, focus on your kids. Spend time with your kids. Never make them feel like they are less than than other things in your life. God gave you them for a reason, to love them and disciple them so they could go and do great things that God's called them to do. Focus on those folks that you know and love. But listen to me. Hey, we've also gotta focus on the lost folks that don't know Jesus. You know, I love what Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 39 said. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your phone as you love yourself. <laughs> I'm getting in somebody's business now. <laughs> he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your possessions as yourself. May the idol of possessions be broken off of us in Jesus' name. May the addiction to technology and screens be broken off of us in Jesus' name. May it be broken off of us in Jesus' name. We are no longer paying attention to people. We're paying attention to things. And we value things more than we value people. We drop our phone and we won't talk to nobody for a week, but we'll see somebody that needs something like, don't ask me, I'm too busy on my phone. It's time, church, that we focus on people. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need greater focus on people in this season. You were saved to help save other people. Our vision of our church is so simple. You were made a disciple to make disciples. God made a difference in you so you can make a difference everywhere that you go. Well, you will never do that if you don't focus on people. See, I love what the Bible teaches us and reminds us about people because the reality, church, is this is that when we do what Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. Listen to me. If your mind is on things that are above, can I tell you what in heaven is a priority? It's people. And if your mind are on things above, then no longer will you be consumed with everything else, but you'll be consumed with loving people that do not know Jesus. So this year, we need greater focus on people, Greater focus on the presence of God, and greater focus on people. And then finally, church, we need greater focus to walk in the purpose that God has given us. Greater focus on the purpose that God has given us. Look at, look at this text, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and Peace. Now, I wanna say something, because sometimes this can happen. There are some people as you grow in your faith that you discovering your purpose or walking in your purpose, hear me with love, if you're not careful, walking in your purpose can become an idol before the Lord. I know that's deep, but are you tracking with me? Some people get so focused with their purpose that they forget about the one who gave them purpose. And it can become an idol. What I'm saying, and notice the order in which I've said it, we need greater focus on the presence of God, on people, and then the purpose that God has given us. Because I'm gonna tell you, God wants us to step into greater levels and dimensions of our kingdom purpose in this season. But it's not going to happen if you're not focused on the things that you need to be focused on. So we need to pray and ask the Lord God, give us greater focus for the purpose that you have assigned to my life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. You know, I love Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, what we just read a second ago, but it's this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Listen, there was never a day that Jesus forgot about the purpose and reason he was on the earth. I love that. I love the version. I love that. That's the passion translation. I love the translation of that text because it tells us, it said Jesus has already started and finished the race that we're currently running. Study how he did it. Study how he did it. When you, can I just, can I tell you for a minute? When you think about how Jesus lived his life, it kind of reminds you of what we're talking about with focus this week. Jesus always had focus on the presence of the Father. Always with the Father. And Jesus was always focused on people because he knew, he knew that a priority of the Father is people. And as a result of that, he found a way to fulfill his purpose in a very real and supernatural way. I believe if we'll study how Jesus lived and we will do just like he did, keep our eyes straight ahead on everything God has for us, we will see greater this year and in this season Because we have a greater focus on the things that matter the most. If you believe it, somebody say amen.